Chapter Seven of the Portent. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. The Portent by George MacDonald. Chapter Seven: The Library. One day, a week after his arrival, Lord Hilton gave a dinner party to some of his neighbors and tenants. I entered the drawing-room rather late, and saw that, though there were many guests, not one was talking to Lady Alice. She appeared, however, altogether unconscious of neglect. Presently dinner was announced, and the company marshaled themselves and took their way to the dining-room. Lady Alice was left unattended, the guests taking their cue from the behavior of their entertainers. I ventured to go up to her and offer her my arm she made me a haughty bow and passed on before me unaccompanied i could not help feeling hurt at this and i think she saw it but it made no difference to her behavior except that she avoided everything that might occasion me the chance of offering my services nor did i get any further with lady hilton her manner and smile remained precisely the same as on our first interview she did not even show any interest in the fact that her daughter lady lucy had joined her brothers in the schoolroom i had an uncomfortable feeling that the latter was like her mother and was not to be trusted self-love is the foulest of all foul feeders and will defile that it may devour but i must not anticipate the neglected library was open to me at all hours and in it i often took refuge from the dreariness of unsympathetic society i was never admitted within the magic circle of the family interests and enjoyments if there was such a circle lady alice and i certainly stood outside of it but whether even then it had any real inside to it i doubted much nevertheless as i have said our common exclusion had not the effect of bringing us together as sharers of the same misfortune in the library i found companions more to my need but even there they were not easy to find for the books were in great confusion i could discover no catalogue nor could i hear of the existence of such a useless luxury one morning at breakfast therefore i asked lord hilton if i might arrange and catalogue the books during my leisure hours he replied uh, do anything you like with them mr campbell except destroy them now i was in my element i never had been by any means a bookworm but the very outside of a book had a charm to me it was a kind of sacrament an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace as indeed what on god's earth is not so i set to work amongst the books and soon became familiar with many titles at least which had been perfectly unknown to me before i found a perfect set of our poets perfect according to the notion of the editor and the issue of the publisher although it omitted both chaucer and george herbert i began to nibble at the portion of the collection which belonged to the sixteenth century but with little success i found nothing to my idea but love poems without any love in them and so i soon became weary 
but i found in the library what i liked far better many romances of a very marvellous sort and and plentiful interruption they gave to the formation of the catalogue i likewise came upon a whole nest of german classics which seemed to have kept their places undisturbed in virtue of their unintelligibility there must have been some well-read scholar in the family and that not long before to judge by the near approach of the line of literature happening to be a tolerable reader of german i found in these volumes a mine of wealth inexhaustible i learned from mrs wilson that the scholar was a younger brother of lord hilton who had died about twenty years before he had led a retired rather lonely life was of a melancholy and brooding disposition and was reported to have had an unfortunate love story this was one of many histories which she gave me for the library being dusty as a catacomb the private room of old time himself i had often to betake myself to her for assistance the good old lady had far more regard than the owners of it for the library and was delighted with the pains i was taking to rearrange and clean it she would allow no one to help me but herself and to many a long-winded story most of which i forgot as soon as i heard them did i listen or seem to listen while she dusted the shelves and i the books one day i had sent a servant to ask mrs wilson to come to me i had taken down all the books from a hitherto undisturbed corner and had seated myself on a heap of them no doubt a very impersonation of the genius of the place for while i waited for the housekeeper i was consuming a morsel of an ancient metrical romance after waiting for some time i glanced towards the door for i had begun to get impatient for the entrance of my helper to my surprise there stood lady alice her eyes fixed upon me with an expression i could not comprehend her face was instantly altered to its usual look of indifference dashed with the least possible degree of scorn as she turned and walked slowly away i rose involuntarily an old cavalry sword which i had just taken down from the wall and had placed against the books from which i now rose fell with a clash to the floor i started for it was a sound that always startled me and stooping i lifted the weapon but what was my surprise when i raised my head to see once more the face of lady alice staring in at the door yet not the same face for it had changed in the moment that had passed it was pale with fear not fright and her great black eyes were staring beyond me as if she saw something through the wall of the room once more her face altered to the former scornful indifference and she vanished keen of hearing as i was i had never yet heard the footsteps of lady alice End of chapter seven